from Cape Town. This is the voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and good evening. Welcome to Burning Issue. I'm your host, Yazid Kamaldin. Um, yeah, look, there's another interesting topic, the topic this evening. Tonight we, um, we look at this uh, firearms amnesty thing, right? South Africans have an opportunity to surrender unwanted firearms to help clear illegal guns from the streets. The amnesty period opened on the 1st of December 2019 and is set to continue until May 31st, 2020. It will also allow hundreds of thousands of South Africans to renew the expired gun licenses. Now here's the thing. With so many guns passing into the hands of the police, the concern is that the police won't have the capacity to deal with the logistics of storing and destroying thousands of firearms. Now remember, these are illegal firearms, right? So there's a genuine concern that these firearms will end up in the hands of gangsters, which we have seen before, and compound gang violence in our communities. So tonight we ask, is the police reliable enough to deal with this massive exercise? We'll have various people on air. We will be having on air the Gun Owners South Africa Association, of course. And then also, well, there's also the South African Gun Owners Association. And we must get the police on. So we'll have somebody from the police talking to us as well. And later in the show, we'll have Gun Free South Africa, as well as somebody from the Institute for Security Studies. Now, I've called up a couple of articles um, from the Internet, you know, just to give us some references of what um, has been reported and what we have seen in our country where the police ended up, you know, selling guns back to gangs um, there's quite a lot of gun smuggling going on even within the police force so we're going to be unpacking that right and and to, throughout the show I want to encourage you to participate you can send us a whatsapp if you have any comment or thoughts on this if you have any experience where you know you've had a story where um, you just yeah just let's enlighten us on the topic you know our whatsapp line is 0722380712 it's 0722380712 you can also give us a call live on air on the number oh sorry 0214423530 that is 0214423530 we of course going to be here till nine o'clock now let's welcome in studio our first guest we have zaire emmanuel and he is executive committee member at gun owner south africa assalamu alaikum zaire welcome to burning issue yeah shukran thanks for having us on so zaire i mean what what is the stand of gun owners South Africa on the police call for amnesty or gun amnesty? Okay, um, let's just let's just look at what does amnesty mean. Amnesty means uh, getting free from any criminal wrongdoing. Okay, so the terms of this amnesty is you surrender your firearm to the state. Mm -hmm. They then take down your details. The firearm gets sent to ballistics, and if that firearm has been linked to a crime, you get prosecuted. So, where does how does that work as an amnesty? So, how is that going to incentivize a criminal to hand in his or her firearm um, and getting free from any criminal um, wrongdoing? Basically, our position as um, gun owners South Africa, we support 
anything that will uh, reliably get illegal firearms out of criminal hands. Okay? Mm. But this amnesty is not aimed at um, getting illegal firearms out of criminal hands. You mentioned something there about renewing licenses. Um, that is completely not true. The amnesty is not there for renewal. It doesn't have a mechanism for renewal. The terms are you hand in the firearm, it goes for ballistics, you have 14 days to apply for the license. So that's not renewal. You are applying for a license for your own firearm, which you have legally bought. And through some other um, reason, it ha you weren't able to renew it in time, and now suddenly you are a criminal. Okay, so what, what I want to understand, because look, mm. I'll, I'm going to admit, I've never owned a firearm. I've never mm. gone through the process mm. of, you know, buy, mm. you know, buying a firearm and that, it, having it um, sort of getting a license for it. Okay. Is it like buying a car? Like you buy a car, you know, you go to a dealer or you go to a second-hand shop or you go to someone, then you must go to the traffic department and paperwork. Uh, and it's not that simple. Okay. Um, if, you, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll yeah, unpack please, the whole process. Yeah, please, understand. Okay, basically under the, 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 the Firearms Control Act, um, which was promulgated, was enacted in 2004, but it's actually the Act 60, FCA of 2000. So what happens is you first need to undergo proficiency training. So you will go to a registered training facility, uh, firearm training facility. You will do certain unit standards. The unit standards consist of a legal unit standard, which is basically the Firearms Control Act, um, including subsections on um, when and when you can and cannot use your firearm for self-defense. Then you have a specific unit standard for a specific type of firearm. So you have a unit standard for a handgun, for a manually operated rifle, a shotgun, and a self-loading rifle. You do any one or all four of these, including... Are these written tests? So are, how yeah, they, they are written, they're they're written tests and they're practical tests. So okay. it's, a, it's a book you get, you read through it, you fill out your formative test, you take it uh, back to your training facility, they will go through, the instructor will go through safety aspects, etc. go through the law section, then you write the closed book test. You need to pass the closed book test, at which point you then go over to the practical test. So remember my reference is still buying a car. Okay, so now we're going to the, the testing part, right? You're going for the testing part, yeah. right. So now you've, you've basically done your learners, now the okay. theory part, now yeah. you're going to do your, your road test, the practical part. Okay. At which point you then... Um, Handle the firearm practically on a firing range, yeah. shooting range, with the necessary precautions, with a, a your instructor is there, you there may be, it may only be yourself or maybe a few other students, um, you'll be handed the firearm, but either during the, the theory section, let's say the morning part of the class, you would have been handling the firearm, safety aspects in which direction to point it, how to handle it, how to work the, the, the mechanics of the firearm. Yeah. So at which point in the afternoon, you now step onto the range, and you fire the required amount of rounds. You need to hit a target, uh, A3 size, at about 10 meters with 10 shots. You're roughly going to do about 40 to 50 rounds. You have to put all of them on target. Okay. At which point you are now issued a proficiency certificate by the training facility. Mm. Uh, the, the training facility is covered by the Professional Firearms Training Council. Okay, they set the unit standard training um, and the main, and and the maintain the standards. So every every single trainer, instructor, trainer, instructor, and training facility 
is registered with the PFTC. Okay. So if you're in doubt as to the bona fides of this guy, you can check the PFTC website. You should be there. The training facility should be there. And then you say, fine, we can go ahead with these guys. Quick question mm-hmm. around, the, uh, around the testing procedure. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you do an application for a, um, a gun license, mm-hmm. right, is a criminal check done on you? Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's that's where I'm getting to the okay. next stage of the. And what about mental health tests? <laughs> Just to make not, sure they're not, not having psychopaths. No, 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 no. There's, there is actually no mandated mental health test that needs to be done. Um, so after you've completed your proficiency training, you've mm-hmm. got your certificate, you've got your statement of results. You then go to your local SAP station. You will see an officer called a DFO, a Designated Firearms Officer, at the station. They normally fall under the, the flash department, which is the firearms, liquor, and second-hand goods department. You go to them, you hand over your, or at least hand over a copy of your, um, of your training certificates, your ID, they'll take fingerprints. Um, you'll need three testimonials from spouse or partner, um, family member, and a friend. Normally, it's your neighbor. They just want to check. They will then con- contact these people. Either it depends on the DFO. Some, some so they will literally phone that yes. person. It's not just a written thing. No, that no, you no, can no, bring no, in. no, 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 no. Because people can fake those letters easily. No, no, though. that's true. But I, some DFOs do it. You bring all three people on the day. Okay. okay. We want to see all three people. Or um, I'll call those people myself. Or just give me three letters. Okay. So it depends. They they have the leeway in that sense. How they want to, because remember these guys are not just, they don't just do firearm applications all day. They've got duties in the station, they have to work on the roads, they have, um, as I said, liquor duties that they have to check in liquor stores, liquor licenses, beans, second-hand goods shops, so they're, they're, they're quite busy, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so they, you, at that point, you provide all this documentation, you fill out the necessary um, forms, um, they take your fingerprints, full set of fingerprints, you provide your photographs, you pay a fee of 70 bucks for your competency certificate. This gets submitted and it takes roughly four months before you get this um, competency certificate. S- basically, they check everything, they check your fingerprint. The fingerprint is taken so it goes through the criminal record center mm-hmm. um, to see if you have a criminal record. If you're clear of that and everything checks out, you get issued a competency certificate by the South African Police Service. However, depending on what unit standard training you did, if you only did training for handgun, you can only get a license for handgun. And is it just for one gun? Um, Or does it mean you now have like, like let's say like a code 8 driver's license, you can drive any car? The Firearms Control Act has various sections. Section 13 is basically a firearm for self-defense. For that section, you can have one handgun or shotgun, only one. So you can either buy yourself a shotgun, but you have to have shotgun competency. And that's per person, right? Yeah, per person. Yeah. Okay. So you can either Not purchase... Like per household. Like no, no, you no, can no, have no, multiple no. guns in a household. No, no, no. <laughs> only per person. Okay. So you have competency for handgun. You can only buy a handgun. Mm-hmm. Okay? You license that under section 13. If you wish to license additional firearms, you then need to go license that firearms under Section 15. Section 15 is basically occasional sport or hunting. Under Section 15, you can have four firearms. Okay, Those four firearms can be four long guns, 
or three long guns and one handgun. And are you the only person that can use those guns? You you use it. You can carry it. Yeah. Um, you have exclusive access to it. You can allow somebody else under your supervision. So I can take you with me to the shooting range, let you use my firearm, shoot it, comes home with me. I can't give it to you and say, okay, you can have a yeah. uh, weekend and take bring the it back. gun and come bring it back, um, you know, uh, a couple of days later. And I must add, the, under the old Arms and Ammunition Act, they had a little thing where you could actually write a letter saying, I loaned my firearm to Yazid for a period of X amount. And that was actually legal. And that was a loophole that was closed down because a lot of gangsters who were not supposed to get firearms managed to get the firearms through a friend who didn't have a record or a girlfriend who didn't have a record who then could loan them that firearm for that period. So that loophole was closed down. So yes, I can make it, I can let you use the firearm, but I have to be standing next to you. Yeah. So let's mm. wrap up on the procedures because mm. I really have some questions pertaining to the topic I've wrapped okay. up, or is that? Yeah, no, that's a look. That's, is that uh, in a nutshell, that's, right? that's in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so once you get your, just let me finish it off. Mm-hmm. Once you get your competency, you can now go out and purchase your firearm and you have to make an application for a license for that firearm. So each firearm that you subsequently buy, you have to apply for a license. And that's, of Mm. course, where tonight's topic is Mm. coming in, right? So the police are saying that you have an opportunity to surrender firearms, right? And they obviously want to clear our country, I guess, of illegal guns. Mm. But you're saying that the challenge is that they will also do a ballistics test. So they will check like the history of this gun, if they've got any crime or anything linked to it, right? Yeah. And 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 the gun owners South Africa by the way, what is this organization? Tell our listener what it is. Okay, and, and Gosa is, yeah. is the Gun Owners South Africa. We're basically a firearms rights organization. We are fighting for common sense gun laws, as well as the right of every South African citizen to own a firearm. Because, I mean, we live in the eighth mo- most murderous nation in the world. I mean, <laughs> Sunday, a guy got killed in Goodwood. Yeah. You understand? You go, you get on the bus from Cape Town. By the time you get to Mitchell's Plain, the bus has been robbed. So, so is yours, is, is, is Gosa of the opinion that we need guns for self-defense? Yes. Yeah. It's not just a matter of self-defense, you know. Firearm rights are as much civil rights as anything else. Um, you have, a firearm is a, is, a, is a symbol of freedom. Let's put it that way. If you look at 1994, when we went over from apartheid, and we're now in the Rainbow Nation, prior to that, there was also gun control. It was very difficult for people of color to actually get a firearm. But suddenly now, in a new, we are now in a new dispensation, a democratic South Africa. We have freedoms, and we had many people going out to go and purchase a firearm, whether it was a cheap revolver or cheap pistol but it was a firearm it was a symbol of their freedom from the previous um, uh, you know oppression that they lived under and if you look at where they they, they lived it was in very dangerous areas I mean these are people that lived in in townships that were daily um, subjected to violence by by, by gangsters and they had no method of protecting themselves so yes it's a symbol of freedom 
as well as self-defense. Okay. Let's go for a quick break mm-hmm. because I, I want to come back with a few more questions. Yeah. Mm, no problem. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Welcome back to Burning Issue with myself, Azid Kamaldi. In this evening, we are looking at a gun amnesty call, and we're also looking at the pros and cons thereof. We have in studio Zaire Emanuel. He is the executive committee member of Gun Owners South Africa. Zaire, something that's begging a question here is, you know, if I buy a second-hand gun, right? Mm. So you're saying that, the, well, the police are saying rather that if you have a gun, and you want to get it off, um, either get it to ensure that you, got, you get your license or um, it's an unwanted firearm, mm. right? I mean, we're not even talking yet about an illegal firearm, mm. right? Because, I mean, it's very seldom, I think, that somebody will just go to the police and say, I have an illegal firearm. Because then immediately there's an, impl- an implication of a crime, yeah. right? So let's say it's an un- unwanted firearm. And um, I bought it second. Um, I bought this firearm, but secondhand, mm. right? Now the police wants to do a ballistics, um, you know, their test and all that stuff. But now, let's say I bought this gun two years ago, mm. but this gun came from the manufacturer and, like you said, like you said, maybe imported and whatever, a couple of years even before that, mm. and it, the hands changed, right? Yeah. So, so what happens in that situation? Well, let's just unpack how firearms get into the country so yeah. you have a factory overseas let's just use the example of of, of, of clock it's in austria um the local agents who who are allowed to sell glocks in the country import a consignment right these firearms come in all of these firearms are serialized they have serial numbers these serial numbers are declared by the importer to the South African police service. So they have a record of They already have a gun. record. Yeah. So if so let's say there's twenty firearms in the in the in in the uh, in the consignment, twenty serial numbers, which they are required by law to submit to SAPS. Right? It comes in through customs, they pay whatever duties, they get the firearms, they submit these returns to SAPS. Um, depending on what, on their sales volume, they will either be importing on a weekly basis or monthly or every six months or whatever the case may be. But as soon as that firearm is landing in the country, it goes into their safe, they submit to SAPS, look, we've just received 20 clocks. These are the serial numbers. Put it on our name. Okay? It gets registered. So that's the first registration. That's the first registration yeah. of the firearm. So it gets registered on the CFR system, CFR standing for Central Firearms Registry. That's in Pretoria. They submit it via email. It gets registered on the CFR system. It says, right, clock 1 to 20 belongs to XYZ Importer. XYZ Importer now has his dealers that contact him. He then sells those clocks, say 5 to this, to dealer A, 5 to dealer B, 10 to dealer C, for example. All right, so now these firearms exist on the name of XYZ. As soon as dealer A gets his 5 or 10 clocks in, he submits to CFR to say, by the way, I've bought, purchased these 10 firearms from XYZ, put it now on my name. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. put it on my name. Okay. So now these Glocks become registered. The second registration then goes on to delay. You and I come along, 
And we say, oh, no, we like that one. We want to buy that one. So you pay the money. You've got your competency or you haven't got your competency. Most people don't have the competency. So they'll go to a dealer and most of the times the dealer either does its own training or has somebody that does training for them. So, but is that a, a prerequisite to have the, the gun? Because you're saying people mm. might not even have training, but they can go buy a gun. No, you can go and do the training right now and only buy a firearm. You can get your competency, do your training, get your competency and only buy a firearm in five years. So, but in order to license the firearm, you need to have the competency gotcha. in place. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you know the normal procedures. You would then go to the dealer and say, "I like that one. I want to buy that one, but I don't have my competency yet. Do you know somebody, or do you do?" Then they say, "Yeah, okay, fine. We'll take you through the entire process that I explained earlier on." Once you've got your competency, you go back to the dealer. The dealer gives you a form which then states that. The firearm is now on my name, dealer A. It came from XYZ, that's also stated there, and it's being transferred to you, Yazid. You take that, you fill in all your details, <coughs> you put in all your your competency, IDs, um, photographs, you take that to your DFO, and you submit that as an application. Yeah. Let me just welcome our other guest that we can hear. Vishnu and Haidu, welcome to the show. Yeah, good evening, and yeah. thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, Vishnu Nairi, Brigadier Vishnu Nairi, he's from the South African Police, and he's going to be talking to us about the gun amnesty period. But let's just wrap up with the process, because I, the question that I had was, if you are buying the gun from another individual, mm. and there's maybe some history on there, you know, and our ballistics is being done on your gun, mm. and something's coming up. Well, look, if, let's for a sake. I've now gone through the process. I've got the firearm new. And I'm selling it to you. Yeah. Exact same process that goes to, uh, happens. You will still have to get your competency. Okay. Remember, the gun is re legally registered in my name. Okay. Um, you get your competency. You fill out the exact same forms. Only thing is I fill in where um, the details are for private seller. That's okay, but you definitely won't be held for any any um, thing that's been done, let's say, that comes up in this ballistics test when the gun was not in your ownership. No, you shouldn't be responsible for that. Okay. Look, if I'm the kind of guy that is a bit, you know, off track and I maybe did commit a crime with a firearm, I was never caught, let's for argument's sake, say, and now I'm selling the firearm to you. Um, you, your license will show from when you took ownership of okay, that. Okay, gotcha. If that firearm was linked to a crime that occurred prior to that, it's not on you. Mm -hmm. You bought well, the was, firearm in good faith. It was just good to understand that mm. whole registration process. Mm. So Vishnu Naidu is from the South African police, as I had mentioned, and we'd like to get an update <coughs> from the police on the gun amnesty campaign that kicked off on the 1st of December in 2019, and it runs until the 31st of May this year. So Vish, um, what's been happening? How many firearms have been handed into the police so far? Well, so far it's been 1,465 firearms up to, I'd say, midday on the 31st of December. Okay, well, let's get that number again, 1,100 and? No, 1,465 firearms okay, were handed in. Yeah. But that, that number would have grown by now. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and then there was also um, 14,000 rounds of, over 14,000 rounds of ammunition. Various calibers, uh, various caliber of firearms were handed in as a, Rifles, shotguns, handguns, including uh, pistols and revolvers, were, were the firearms that were handed in. Uh, 
Now, remember we said that uh, those firearms that are going to be handed in can be handed in um, if they, they can either be illegal firearms or, or unwanted firearms. <clears throat> the unwanted comes in where those 400,000-plus people that are in possession of firearms but have not renewed their licenses at a specific time. I think the previous caller mentioned that you're only allowed to, uh, for depending on the caliber of the firearm, or for the purpose that you have a firearm, you're only allowed to uh, have a license for a specific period of time. It can be either be five years or 10 years, depending, as I said, on the caliber or the purpose for the firearm. And if that five, in that five-year term, before the 90, 90 days before the expiry date, uh, the the firearm the license holder is supposed to have renewed the license. Now we are sitting with a situation where uh, approximately four hundred and fifty thousand people have not renewed their licenses. So when we say illegal firearms, we're talking about people that have come in possession of firearms illegally. And if we say unwanted firearms, we're talking specifically of those people that haven't licensed their firearms. Technically. Those that haven't renewed their license are also currently, in terms of Section 28 of the Firearm Control Act, are illegally in possession of, of a firearm, technically. But we are referring, for all intents and purposes, referring to that now as being unwanted firearms. So now, when they hand it in, those unwanted firearms, there's, there's two categories. They can either hand it in, and they will be allowed to reapply for license for those firearms, or they can hand it in for the purpose of destruction. Uh, those those people that have not renewed the okay. licenses. But those others that have been in possession of those firearms illegally, they will not be allowed to apply for a license for that firearm. Okay. How does someone... I mean, it baffles me, okay? How does, how does someone hand in an illegal firearm? I mean, isn't that an implication of a crime? Do people no, actually no, no, come no, to and say, yeah, I have an illegal firearm? That's the purpose firearm. of an amnesty. Mm-hmm. The amnesty... By, by, uh, you know, um, by, the, by its definition means that you will be exonerated from prosecution if you hand it in within that uh, period of time. But there's one catch to that. That firearm will only be accepted for the purpose of destruction, provided that firearm was not used in the commission of a crime. So remember, though, every single firearm barrel or parts of a firearm that's being handed in or any part of a firearm that's being handed in will go through an audit process. And if we find that, for example, if somebody hands in a firearm or a barrel for that matter, if we find that that was used in the commission of a crime, the person who hands in that firearm will have to account. Okay. Then we'll open a criminal, we'll open a, we will, we will get the docket for which, in which, for which crime was committed, we will reinvestigate that as that person who handed the firearm in as a as a primary suspect, and then we will follow the course of the of the investigation of that crime. Okay, so I mean, we've got in studio the gun owners, gun owners South Africa, you know, and I mean they they've mentioned, and I mean this is a question that I'd like to put to you as well. They've mentioned that it's not a true amnesty if if you are still going to do ballistics, you know, and potentially prosecute someone. And also, my question is, would that not inhibit people from, in fact, stepping forward? No, 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 no. We saying we saying to people, you must bring your firearm in if it, if you are illegally in possession of the firearm, right? But we, at the same, listen. We cannot accept a, a a a firearm or any implement that was used in the commission of a crime and destroy that. That's evidence. 
that so the crime that was committed is what the person is going to be prosecuted is potentially not i won't say be prosecuted is potentially going to be prosecuted for because remember there must still be an investigation unfolding because every case for which or in which the firearm is linked to a crime will be treated on its own merit and and we cannot that person cannot be exonerated for the crime because the amnesty is not for the purpose of that to to exonerate people for for crimes committed with a firearm the amnesty is only to exonerate people that are illegally in possession of a firearm okay to allow them exoneration only for being in possession illegal possession of a firearm yeah and that could so, mean and that could mean for example i haven't yet renewed my license so i need to, this is a chance for me to do it now Without being fined, well, for example. Well, well, that's that's in that one category. If, yes, if somebody who has who has a firearm in their possession and have not renewed their license, now is the opportunity. Come in, hand in your firearm. You can decide whether you want to reapply for a license for that firearm or you want to hand it in as an unwanted firearm for destruction. You can do one of the two. Okay. Look, I mean, here's the big question, right? I mean, I'm looking at the internet and we've seen all of these reports, I mean, in various media, right, about the police selling guns to gangsters. Um, And I mean, there's been big, big cases around this. So what assurance do we have as the public, you know, that these guns will not go in the hands, end up in the hands of criminals? Um. Well, I certainly hope, if it's, if it's not you, that others have have um, have had the opportunity of of um, seeing the, the in the interrogation process the police had to go through, uh, you know, uh, to have this amnesty passed by the various levels of uh, through the various parliamentary processes or levels. This matter was interrogated thoroughly. And remember, we're talking about um, interrogation by various political parties in Parliament about how this process is going to unfold, what precautionary measures are going to be there to ensure that firearms don't go missing or lost or sold or stolen or whatever the case might be. And and we went through uh, the, the, the through the portfolio committee of police, through the NCOP, and we eventually it went to 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 the. To the, as I said, National Council of Provinces, then to Parliament, and then, you know, and he even went through Cabinet as well. And, and it took months before uh, the, this process was, was actually, um, you know, interrogated and, 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 and eventually approved. And, and the question that you raise now about the guarantees, um, about, uh, you know, that the, the, what has happened in the past is not going to happen again. Um, we've also highlighted that those that are responsible for the receiving of these firearms and processing of the firearms, safeguarding of the firearms, have all been vetted. So there, there are no, there's no person that's in that value chain that's going to, um, uh, you know, that hasn't gone gone through the vetting process and 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 been uh, schooled on the seriousness of ensuring the the, the the safeguarding of those firearms in the unlikely event that the, a firearm goes missing, stolen, sold, whatever the case might be. And, and, and emphasis is placed on the unlikely event. Whoever is responsible for the safeguarding of that firearm can be guaranteed of facing the, both departmental and criminal prosecution because we're not going to take this lightly. Yeah. Because our, our effort now of trying to rope in and get those illegal firearms 
is to ensure that there are lesser firearms in circulation because, I mean, you can ask anybody, the preferred weapon of choice to commit crimes now is a firearm. That's a preferred weapon of choice, not a broken bottle, it's not a knife, it's a, it's a firearm, you know. So we want to try and get as many of these illegal and unwanted firearms for the purpose of destruction as we possibly can, and then we still continue with our, our operations during this period, and we still continue on our operations uh, post the, the amnesty period like we've done before. Okay, I have another question, uh, please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, we understand that it took months in Parliament, and one of the main reasons for that is that even parliamentarians had lacked faith in the South African police to run this properly. I'm just going to put that out there, okay? They simply did not trust the police enough. So you're saying people were vetted. May I ask who vetted these persons? Like, how do how can we trust the people who are running this operation? Uh, well, I've just explained to you the, 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 the processes that you went through. You know, if you... Uh, Parliament is, is representing the people, mm-hmm. right? They are hearing these concerns like you are raising now. We've been through those processes. We've satisfied those processes. The vetting process is done only by the intelligence uh, community of the country. That's the crime intelligence by the pol- in the police and uh, the, uh, the, the state security agency, the SSA. They, they're the only ones that do vetting. In this case, it was done by crime intelligence. And this is a, a vetting process is not taken lightly. You, it's, 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 I can't go through it with you now, but it's, it's, it's thorough, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and it's very intricate as well. Okay. There's a lot of things that, that has to go through before a person can be vetted. And yeah. we thought it necessary so that we can build this confidence in, 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 the, in, 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 the, in the South African public to say to them, listen, you will be handing your firearm to a reliable person and that firearm will be kept safe for, for the duration of the application for renewal or, or, or for, for a reapplication for license or for destruction. Mm-hmm. So let me also just understand, are you saying if we have less guns in South Africa that we could lower crime? Well, I just said to you, that, that, is, that is the hope, because I just said to you that the preferred weapon of, of uh, uh, or the weapon of choice to commit crimes, like your murders, attempted murders, sexual uh, uh, offenses, aggravated robberies, is a firearm. Mm-hmm. So the lesser firearms, the lesser that, the, the, that one, uh, lesser opportunity that one has access to firearms, the lesser the chances of these serious crimes being committed. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm almost wrapping up. I just have one or two more questions. Um, have you also received applications for the relicensing of firearms? I yes. Mean, let's also Approx- tell from, the 1, 000, mm-hmm. from the 1,465, there were about 200 of them that have that are, are reapplying for license. Okay. And, I mean, what's the process there? Like, um, so my license... It's is, just like mm-hmm. how the, the gentleman outlined to you now. You go through the whole process again. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there isn't sort of like a, a fine or something, right? I mean, that's the purpose of the amnesty. I can, I've, I've maybe decided not to renew over the last couple of years, or whenever, and my license has um, expired. Um, and I'm saying, well, actually, I still want to keep this gun, and now I need the license. And and there's no like, um, there's no fine or anything, right? No, there's no fine, but there's a, um, there's a, there's an application fee that must be paid, but it's not a fine. That'll, that'll apply to... Is that like, like a 70 itself. rand fee or something or what? Sorry? Is that like a 70 rand fee to the D? There's a fee that you pay. Yeah. It's, a, it's an administration fee. It's not a fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no fine. There's no, there's no admi- admission of guilt. There's no prosecution. Um, you bring in the firearm, you hand it in, 
and you can reapply for a license without fear of prosecution for 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 not having renewed your license when you were when when the firearm license holder was supposed to have. Okay. Okay, great stuff. So, um, okay. Vish, anything else you want to add? Well, I just want to encourage people to take advantage of this period because we're finding now that during our operations, we're still finding people with in possession of illegal firearms. Just recently, during the December month, we arrested a man with seven different firearms. And we and he, and he had an opportunity to hand those firearms in with the ammunition. He didn't. Now he's going to face criminal prosecution. So we're saying to people, we're still continuing with our operations on, on the proliferation of, to, to curb the proliferation of firearms, illegal firearms. Take advantage of this opportunity now. Come and hand in your guns and, and w- without any fear of prosecution for, for being illegally in possession of those firearms. Okay, let me just go to a question from one of our listeners, listener 0115, and this is a chance for us, of course, to clarify any misunderstandings that there might be. Listener 0115 is saying the South African police is lying. You have to sign the firearm over to the police before you can apply. There's no guarantee that you will get your license and a good chance you lose your firearm. Is this no, 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 I'm not lying. I'm not lying. Listen. I said they must go through the whole process again of applying. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee that your firearm license will be approved. There's absolutely no guarantee. Uh, because every case might be different. Maybe in that time, uh, okay, I don't want to speculate, but like you and me, if we, don't, if we never owned a firearm, you can apply for a license for a new firearm, I can apply for a license for a new firearm, you can be granted a license and I can't. The same will apply... To, the, to those that are handing those firearms. And, oh, oh, yes, by the way, maybe I failed to mention this. Every single person that hands a firearm over will have to fill in a form. That form will be completed in detail. Uh, the original will be given to the person handing in the firearm. The duplicate will be kept by the police so that the person who's handing the firearm has proof that they've handed the firearm into the police uh, at a police station. Then they can apply for the firearm. Yes, there is absolutely no guarantee that they will... <clears throat> that they will be uh, uh, given, that they will be successful in the application for a license. I, I think that, that that point as well, I mm. should have. And there, could be, and there could be various reasons for that, right? Yeah, there could be various reasons, and I'm not going to speculate on what yeah. the reasons yeah. could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, I just have another quick question. Listener 2408 is saying, what a great topic. My, let's say, for example, my license expired, but I was overseas. Should I go for a compet- competency test again, or can I just renew it? No, no, for whatever the reasons were, for the license expiring is immaterial. If it's a day later than the expiry date, or if it's actually the person who's supposed to renew the license, supposed to renew it 90 days before the expiry date. So anytime, any, a day later than the expiry date, it's too late. And it doesn't matter, they're going to hand the firearm into the police station and reapply for a license. And will they have to go for the competency test again? Yes, okay. reapply. Yeah, reapply. Not renew, uh-huh. reapply. Uh-huh. Renew is you can use the same competency, but reapply, you've got to go through the whole process again. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, that same answer would obviously apply to listener 5639 who says, who asks rather, what happens when my expi- expiry date is past a week? The same thing, you have to reapply, obviously. One second past midnight of the expiry date. You're in contravention of Section 28 of the Firearm Control Act. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this last question before I let you go, this is a bit of a funny one. Listener 3366 says, I have a pallet gun from my childhood days. Do I have to hand in the pallet gun? 
No, but <laughs> the, the question is, is that pellet gun deemed to be a firearm in terms of the definition of a firearm in the Firearm Control Act? There are different types of pellet guns. So that, that person, if that person had, if there was, if that pellet, pellet gun is deemed to be, uh, a, 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 by definition, a firearm in terms of the Firearm Control Act, Yes, they must hand that firearm in okay. if they wow, illegally in possession of it. That's interesting. Okay. Well, Vish, thank you so much for all your information. It's been great chatting to you, and we do, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get an update from you guys again on how the campaign has gone. Thank you so much for your yes, time. Yes, yeah, we will try and do it on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. And have, uh, and uh, one more thing, a very happy new year to you, to your crew, and as well as to the listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Okay, pleasure. Bye. The Voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM Stereo Welcome back to Burning Issue with myself, Yazid Kamaldin. We have just heard now from the South African police that um, there have been at least so far 1,465 guns that have been handed in. And this is, of course, during the police's gun amnesty uh, campaign, which runs until May 31st, 2020. In studio, we have Zahir Emanuel. He's the executive committee member at Gun Owners South Africa. So Vishnu Naidu from the Brigadier Vishnu Naidu from the South African police outlined to us their campaign you know and what is your response to some of what what's come out of that interview okay um once again an amnesty it means you know you're not going to get prosecuted yeah okay so if as i explained to you before the show it's a question of handing the firearm in walking away and yeah no questions i mean he was very clear that we said it's not an amnesty from a crime Exactly. It's an amnesty from you perhaps not having renewed your license, from, you know, I mean, so you were saying if that gun was linked to a crime, there is no way that the police is just going to give you complete amnesty. Don't you think that's fair? But that doesn't give a criminal an incentive to end his firearming. Mm-hmm. Because, you know what, the process that a, a lawful, law-abiding citizen has to go through mm-hmm. in order to get a firearm, in order to maintain a firearm, you're not going to jeopardize that by committing a crime with that firearm or by committing any crime. Um, you know, once you've once you've got been licensed to you've been licensed mm-hmm. to have a firearm, you know what? You don't even want to use that firearm to defend yourself. That that's how that's how you will rather walk out of your way to avoid a conflict where you may have to resort as as a last resort to using your firearm because of all the legal hassles that you have to go through. Okay, so yes, we, 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 we license firearms, we carry firearms for self-defense, for protection of our families, for protection of our friends, but we would rather not make use of that firearm. So the chances that a, a law-abiding citizen who has gone through the whole process is going to go commit a crime with a firearm is, is, very, is, very, is very slim. I just want to mm. quickly come in here with a comment from listener 0115 saying, it's good to have Zayed Manuel on air. The police wants to disarm law-abiding citizens to make them vulnerable to criminals and crime. That is an opinion of one of our listeners. You are more than welcome to participate in the show as well. We're running until 9pm. You can send us a WhatsApp to the number 072-238-0712. You can also give us a call live on air on 021-442-3530 just a few more minutes before Maghrib and then of course we'll continue with the show till 9 now Vish Naira also said that he believes 
getting guns out of our society can lower crime. You are saying guns are there for self-protection. It's almost a contradiction of the two. You're saying guns are okay, you know? Yeah, you know what? You Guns are... We don't just buy guns for self-defense. We don't... I'm not there to want... I don't want to shoot people. I buy a firearm because I want to defend myself, number one. Number two, I want to enjoy sport. I'm a member of a sport shooting club. I go every weekend. I participate in my short sport. I shoot holes in paper targets. And I knock over steel. Um, other guys go hunting. So firearms are not yeah. just okay. Mm-hmm. Firearms are not just there for self-defense. Okay. It's there for enjoyment as well. Okay. Let's welcome a caller to the show. Caller, assalamu alaikum. Good evening. Welcome. Wa alaikum assalam. Assalam. Sulaiman here. Yeah? Um, welcome. Just a question. I was, uh, you know, I was hearing off on the radio. Uh, maybe the question did pop up. But under the amnesty, under the amnesty, where Minister Chelly has said that um, the expired licenses can be renewed under the amnesty. If someone uh, more clarification on that is I can just uh, clear that up. Uh, and then uh, there was a, a question that came up. Uh, somebody spoke about um, uh, crime being committed with a firearm, and if firearms are not there, then crimes won't be committed. I think that person is daydreaming, you know, because the intention, if, if people, it's, it's all to do with people. It's nothing to do with weapons. It can be a weapon, it can be a gun, it can be an axe, it can be a knife, it can be anything. piece of string, it can be anything. If people intend to kill, then that person will kill. And that's where I rest my case. Shukran, Azilan. Salam, I listen to the radio. Okay, great stuff. The person who said that guns can decrease crime was in fact the spokesperson for the South African police. So should we, I mean, uh, the question has been answered, but let's, for the, for, the, for the benefit of the listener, let's tell them again about this gun amnesty thing. Okay. The amnesty does not have a mechanism to do renewals. A renewal is done when your license expires, whether it's five or ten years, as uh, indicated by uh, and Naidu. You go to the DFO, you fill out the necessary paperwork, and you hand the paperwork in. Your firearm stays with you. That license that you now have for that firearm that you are renewing, you do this 90 days before the expiry date, okay? That license stays valid until the renewal is handled off, right? Best case scenario, you get it renewed within 90 days. Yeah. Most of the time, there are people that I deal with daily on the Ghost of Facebook group that are sitting two years later, their renewal hasn't been handled. Two years later, the firearm license, initial license hasn't been issued. Yeah. Yeah. So, I so mean, Vish, Vish even said that there's no guarantee that you will get your license, right? That you will get your firearm uh, license. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Welcome back to Burning Issue with myself, Yazid Kamaldin. This evening we are looking at the gun amnesty. So we've had already the South African police talking to us about how that's going to work. And it is essentially an, uh, a period that started on the 1st of December and runs until the 31st of May this year. If you have an illegal firearm, you can of course take it into a, um, a police station. And you can then, you know, either renew your license or uh, basically just say it's an unwanted firearm and the police will destroy it. We are now going to continue our 
our interviews. Um, we have on the phone, and let me just confirm who is online. Welcome to the show. Good evening. Yes, good evening. This, this is, is Advocate uh, John, John Walsh speaking. I am from the South African Gun Owners Association, or SABA. Yeah. So what is your response to the police amnesty period? Um, I think one must first understand uh, that uh, the minister did not go through the correct procedure to apply to Parliament for the amnesty. Although Parliament approved the amnesty, the notice of the amnesty has never been approved and there were other, or must I say, other procedural mistakes in the amnesty. But that is now besides the point. The fact of the matter is currently we do have the firearms amnesty running from the 1st of December last year until the end of May 2020 um, and people are entitled during this period to surrender firearms that I either do not require anymore, in other words licensed firearms that I do not require any longer or otherwise illicit firearms, firearms for which they do not have licenses. Um, they are entitled to deliver those firearms to a police station where there is a designated amnesty officer. You must remember now, and I think the readers must and, and the listeners must take note of this, that there are 46 police stations that have been excluded from all the police stations in the country where firearms may not be surrendered. That is because of a variety of factors. It may either be because of the lack of security measures at those police stations or because of uh, various other factors such as corruption and uh, a history of uh, firearm theft uh, from those police stations. But otherwise, a firearm that is either no longer required or illicitly in one's possession may be surrendered at a designated uh, amnesty officer. Uh, those firearms will then first be ballistically tested to see whether those firearms may have been involved in any other crime. You must remember that a person is only... Um, indemnified against prosecution for being in the unlawful possession of a firearm. He is not in the he or she is not indemnified because of any other crime that may have been committed with such firearm. Where a person uh, had been in the possession of a firearm that previously had been licensed, uh, a person may now indicate when he surrenders, he or she surrenders the firearm, uh, that uh, she wishes to apply for a license for such a firearm. And within 14 days after the surrender of such firearm, a person may then apply through his or her designated uh, firearms officer at the local police station where that person resides for a license for Look, such a I'm firearm. sorry, this is a lot of technical information and it's important yes. information that our listeners need to know about. But I want to get from the Gun Owners um, Association, association right? the South yes. African Gun Owners Association. Yes. I mean, competency of the police to actually do this because we've had reports yes. of the police selling guns you know, to gangs. 
we are fully aware of that and we are extremely concerned about that. We have raised that issue both in Parliament as well as uh, I've personally raised the matter with the Minister of Police when he publicly announced the amnesty. We indicated to him that uh, we are very concerned about the security arrangements at police stations. We are aware of firearms that have been stolen from various police stations and even from police logistics in Pretoria and where those firearms have found their ways to criminal hands. Now, so obviously we are extremely concerned about that. That is one of the main reasons why Saga is currently opposed to the amnesty. And we do not advise our members to surrender the firearms until such time that we have cleared the matters up with the South African Police Service to ensure that those firearms will not find their ways to criminal criminal lands. You know, I find that so interesting because, I mean, isn't that then counterproductive for the national efforts to try and rid our society of illegal firearms? We are so concerned about the illicit possession of firearms. I Just yesterday, I released a media statement with regards to the unlawful shootings that occurred in various places in our country. And in that media statement, I indicated that the police efforts to reduce the unlawfully possessed firearms must be increased. Uh, We are so concerned about all the unlawful possession of firearms and we believe that those firearms must be focused upon in order to be surrendered. The problem though is that in our experience over the last two amnesty periods that we had, very few of illicitly possessed firearms had ever been surrendered to the police. Okay, look, I want to also bring in Zahir. He's sitting in the studio. He's the executive committee member at Gun Owner South Africa. Um, Yes. I mean, are you encouraging your members to to go ahead and and take any legal firearms, Zahir? Absolutely not. We're not encouraging our members to make use of this amnesty because we don't believe that your firearm that you have legally purchased and owned is an illegal firearm. I mean, if the amnesty is there to reduce illegal firearms, we're talking about firearms held in criminal hands. Um, just coming back to what, what the Brigadier said, reducing the number of firearms in circulation is going to reduce crime. But law-abiding citizens don't commit crime. It's easier to go after the law-abiding citizens than to actually go after the real criminals. I mean, you've had the situation now where the previous amnesty yielded 2,400 firearms sold by a police colonel, which ended up on the Cape Flats with a 1,000 plus shootings linked to that. So that's one of the biggest concerns. Yes, it happened a few years ago, but... That sword is hanging over the head all the time. Yeah, I just find it, I find it really interesting, you know, that um, we've gotten to a point as a society where we've really lost so much confidence in our police force, the very people who are employed to keep our country safe. I mean, yeah. Either one can respond, yeah? uh, It's it's sad. It's it's sad that that, that, that we get to this point. Um, You're having police respond times of, what, 18 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes? Yeah. Um, you commit something happens to you in your home on the street 
and 20 minutes later the police haven't arrived yet what mm-hmm. happens in that 20 minutes you could be lying dead mm-hmm. there they mm-hmm. coming there to mark a chalk outline D- do you want to say something just, uh, yeah Perhaps I can just add to that as well because it's a very good point that was made. You know, we have estimated originally that the national response time by the South African Police Service currently throughout the country is 22 minutes. Now, obviously, in your rural areas, it takes much longer. I've recently had discussions with people from the rural areas where they told me that in the former Transkei area and the former so-called homelands, the response time sometimes is days uh, before the police even arrive on the scene. And we believe that those are the people who definitely should, if they decide to do so, should be armed with legitimately owned firearms in order to defend themselves. Because at the end of the day, the armed citizen, the legally armed citizen, remains the first responder to crime. There's no else to protect you, excepting yourself. And that means that you must be competent in the use of a firearm, but that you must have a possession of a licensed firearm, having studied that firearm, know how to use it, and so forth. And then I think we may have a safer society. Yeah. Look, I want to welcome now another voice in this conversation, um, and that is Adele Kirsten. She is from Gun Free South Africa. Adele, good evening, and I believe that you are the director, in fact, of Gun Free South Africa. Welcome to Burning Issue. Uh, good evening, Yazid, and also hello to all your listeners and the other two panelists. Yeah. Look, I mean, we've this evening we've had the, the South African National Police on the show, and of course we also have uh, representatives of gun-owning associations on the show as well, talking about the gun amnesty that the police is currently uh, sort of undertaking. And uh, what is the Gun Free South Africa position on all of this? Well, evidence shows both in South Africa and elsewhere in the world uh, that amnesties are a really effective way of removing unwanted, unlawful uh, and illegal weapons from circulation. So if you look at South Africa's experience, uh, we've had three amnesties so far. This is the fourth one. But in the 2005 and the 2010 amnesty, over 100,000 uh, weapons were recovered, um, and you know m- millions of rounds of, of ammunition were also recovered. I think it's really important to talk about the ammunition because uh, it's an important part of the firearm. So the, the evidence shows that gun amnesties have been successful in South Africa. Over a third, almost, of those weapons removed. Uh, and recovered were illegal. So that's, you know, we're talking about over 100,000 weapons uh, being taken out of circulation uh, of our society, uh, which means that it reduces the risk for loss and theft, it reduces things like the risk for suicide or femicide or accidental death and injury. So, so that's a massive mm-hmm. number of guns. And, um, and and so we, certainly from Gun Free South Africa, uh, we would support the amnesty. We think there are a number of challenges and there are some of the issues that have been raised, but we, we can have that discussion as we go along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just going to ra- ra- round up your comments and say that so it sounds like you are very much supportive of this initiative by the police. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think 
I mean, maybe one of the things uh, I'd like to say, because it's been mentioned several times, is this issue of whether the conditions of the amnesty allow for people who have failed to renew their license, so they are in conflict with the law, they've committed a criminal offence in terms of the firearm control act, whether the amnesty uh, makes provision for those people to renew their, their, their guns. And I think Vishnaibi uh, made it clear, um, and I think both as well, is that not only don't the conditions of the amnesty allow for that, but if it did, it would be illegal under the law. So the amnesty conditions are spelled out, the, the provisions for the amnesty, the process that has to happen for the amnesty is very clear in Section 139 of the Act. The reason the minister can't make provisions for an amnesty to allow people to renew a firearm is precisely because there is already a section in the Act that makes provision for that. And so it would mean really altering the act, and of course the minister doesn't have the power to do that. Um, so the conditions of the amnesty include things like length of time, whether there's a blanket amnesty, which is something we uh, support, um, and you know which stations you can hand in as the fact that they're not designated firearms, amnesty officers, etc. That's where Parliament comes in to help I guess define some of those conditions. Yeah. Can I just get clarity on why you would support a um, blanket amnesty? I mean, we've heard from the other guests as well. So from your side, why would you support a, a blanket amnesty? It, I mean, just to say at the outset, it's complex. Uh, and we understand that there's a number of sort of competing interests. One is from a legal perspective, and this is where SAPS's position itself. Uh, and many families, we've had, we've had calls coming in from, from families saying, if you support a blanket amnesty, it means that there's no chance for uh, our loved one's murder to be solved. And that's true, because you'll still do ballistics, but you won't be tracing the weapon back to an individual. So, I guess, so what we mean by blanket amnesty is that all the details of the firearm are recorded. That's really important because record keeping is part of how you help reduce the risk for these guns to go out through the back door. But in the, in the event, if you do the ballistics, but you don't have the individual's identifying information, you can't trace it back to an individual. The question for, for guns in South Africa, I guess, is, is we ask two questions. One is, are there examples in, anywhere else in the world where this has worked? And what is, the, what is the primary purpose of an amnesty? If you look at those two, we know that in Brazil this works. Uh, they had an 18-month amnesty with no questions asked, and they, they recovered about 450,000 weapons. And I guess the question of what is the goal, if you want to remove as many illegal weapons, and when we use that term, we mean weapons that have been used in the commission of a crime, then that, that would be one of the most effective ways. Um, and so we understand that the tension, but about having that conversation, grappling with the advantages and disadvantages. So we would still lobby for that. Right now, that's not going to happen because the conditions of an amnesty are approved by Parliament. Uh, that's been approved and the amnesty is underway. 
So with, with, with not being able to have a blanket amnesty, the, the next best thing, and I think we're beginning to see some of this happening, is to understand that amnesties are not standalone uh, interventions. And so to really urge that and to encourage that to do um, high-level intelligence-driven operations where you're seeing the massive recovery of caches, um, and, and there's been a lot of that reporting, you know, the, the house in Centurion, now someone's transporting weapons from KZN, etc. So that's a critical part. Uh, in a way, the amnesty creates the conditions for SAP to up their efforts in this regard. And so we would really urge SAP to do more of that. Um, and that will help uh, with, with, with some of that gap. Yes. But, if there's another amnesty, we will continue to call for a blanket amnesty. Okay. I mean, I just want to add to the conversation that when I interviewed Vishnaidu from the police, he said that, of course, the amnesty is not an amnesty against crimes that may have been committed with a gun, but merely to ensure that people either hand in an illegal firearm or an unwanted firearm or get their license renewed. Um, you know that that was that was their um, take on it, and they were saying that's why they are going to be doing the ballistics testings on on the gun. Yeah. Now, so, and, mm-hmm. no, so sorry, I'm going to interrupt because yeah. Yazid, you can't use the word renewed. Mm-hmm. It's reapplied. So maybe just for your listeners, there are mm-hmm. basically two kinds of guns that the amnesty targets. It targets a licensed gun owner who's in compliance with the law but no longer wants the gun. So that's an unwanted gun. Uh, but they licensed and they've got all the paperwork. And a lot of people use the amnesty to bring in their firearms. Then the other firearms are what we term the illegal category. And there are two kinds of guns in that category. They, those are in unlawful possession. So these 450,000 firearm owners who failed to comply with the law they are technically in unlawful possession because they are uh, they've committed an offence under the Firearms Control Act. And then you have those who've used a gun, which is most likely unlicensed, but not necessarily, to commit a crime. So, so we prefer to talk about unwanted, unlawful, and illegal. Um, and that helps you understand that that's three different categories of firearms that the amnesty is targeting. Um, So it's not kind of, you know, yeah. So I think it's, and if you are in unlawful possession and you don't want to voluntarily surrender your firearm, but you want to keep it, you then have to reapply for your license. You can't use the amnesty to renew your license. Okay, okay. Okay, so it's just that because I think it gives people the sense of, that this is what can happen, and it can't happen. People have to reapply. And, I mean, I, I guess there was a thing of... Nike saying there's no guarantee that you yeah. will get your license. And mm-hmm. some people seem to express surprise. But that's correct. There should be no guarantee. Because it's the state who has the authority to determine if you're fit and proper. And you have to prove that. So the fact that you were fit and proper five years ago doesn't mean you're still fit and proper, which is why renewal is an important part of our law, but we can't use the amnesty for it.
yeah Adele I'm going to ask you a last question before we go for a break the last question I just want to ask you is around oversight of the process because we know that the police have been in the past guilty of selling guns to gangs we know that parliament itself parliamentarians in parliament themselves have expressed concerns around you know trusting the police Um, what do you think could be done for or about, uh, you know, ensuring that the, there's oversight? Yeah, really very, very important. And uh, I think the issue of police trust is massive and the police have to work really hard uh, to rebuild that trust. So I think there are, I guess, two key role plays in, in ensuring that the correct procedures are followed and that these weapons don't leak back into the illegal market. The one is TAPS themselves. So one of the most important things that TAPS can do is to give us regular reports about what kinds of weapons are being handed in, where they're being handed in, what does the provincial picture look like. That's number one. Number two, TAPS should set up some kind of independent oversight mechanism. Um, and they, they, in their presentation to Parliament, they said there was going to be an oversight mechanism internally. Uh, we've been trying to uh, lobby the ministers that an external oversight mechanism uh, should be set up with stakeholders uh, and people that are interested in the issue and even things like maybe Chapter 9 institutions. So you need an independent uh, oversight mechanism and that's something SAP can set up. So that factors, and of course, then there's the issue of the stockpile management and making sure that there's uh, secure storage, accurate record keeping. So that sits with that. But there's a role that the public can play. Uh, and we have a duty to keep our state uh, and, and to hold them to account because we're talking about dealing with lethal uh, mm-hmm. weapons here. Yeah. And so I guess. That's what we would see gun-free as playing this role and our civil society partners of asking the hard questions, of getting MPs to ask the questions of what has been put in place. So that's a really important role that the general public can play. Fantastic. But another role that the public can play is those of you who are handing in your, your guns. Don't just, you know, watch the process, ask for a receipt. Make sure you make copies of the forms you fill in because it's a forfeiture and it's a voluntary surrender. So it's about, you know, building an active citizenry that that keeps on engaging with that instead of saying, you know, they can't be trusted and we're going to see the same thing. No, we have a duty to keep them to account. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your input into tonight's show, Adal Kirsten. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, and that there was Adal Kirsten, the director of Gun Free South Africa. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. The Burning Issue. 
Welcome back to Burning Issue with myself, Yazid Kamaldin, and we are now in the last 15 minutes or so of the show, well, more like 13 minutes, and we need to begin wrapping up soon. This evening, we have been unpacking the police's gun amnesty process, which opened on the 1st of December last year, and it's set to continue until May 31st, 2020. We are hearing from various organizations on why they are, in fact, not encouraging their members to participate in this gun amnesty. We have spoken to the police on why this is important and we've also spoken to Gun Free South Africa, an organization that is in fact calling for a blanket amnesty, which is what the police is saying it is incapable or unable to do because that will hinder its efforts to ensure that justice is served. We still have in studio with us Zahir Manuel, Executive Committee Member at Gun Owners South Africa and online we have Advocate John Walsh, a spokesperson for the South African Gun Owners Association. Now let's start wrapping up. You know, um, I do also I want to thank our listeners for interacting with the show. We've had some WhatsApp messages. The WhatsApp line is still open and, of course, remains open throughout the show. You can send us a message to 072-238-0712. That is 072-238-0712. We are also taking callers. Our number live on air is 021-442-3530. We have a caller. Assalamu alaikum. Good evening. Welcome to Burning Issue. Hi. Okay. We have a caller. Assalamu alaikum. Good evening. Welcome. Can you please turn down your radio? Down. Okay, great stuff. You're live on here. Okay, thank you. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Good evening. You're live on air. Yes, uh, Yazid, and uh, to the um, the panel there, and um, uh, John and Kosa and whoever. Um, you know, the 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 person that said that the first responder is obviously the person that is able to successfully handle a firearm. Now, why is it that uh, that um, uh, our South African government is looking to take away firearms from the citizens in South Africa? Um, because the reason I say so is that if you notice the sequence of events that has transpired over the last to 15 years um, as to how uh, CFR Central Firearms Register has dealt with um, illegal or unlicensed firearms where it's expired they say if you do not um, renew your firearm license 90 days before the time you've got to forfeit it now you show me, where is it possible that if you don't pay your vehicle's fire, your vehicle license, you've got to forfeit that vehicle now? There has to be a remedial action in place, and that's lacking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you also had the CFR or, 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 or the police also had the opportunity to say, listen, man, if you've got an expired fire, uh, firearm license, take it to a dealer. Look at him by a dealer. We've got hundreds of dealers around South Africa, but only limited amount of uh, police stations that can accept firearms. So why didn't they book it in by the dealer and then make your new application? Why is it necessary to take it to a police station, book it in, then apply, got to go for ballistics, and if you've got 200,000 firearms that needed to go for ballistics, how long isn't it going to take for those firearms to come back to you? 
By that time, that firearm comes back to you, if indeed it does, if you are successful in your application. God forbid something happens in your house, a hijacking, a home invasion, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So two or three mm-hmm. years goes by yeah. whilst this is, 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 is transpiring. Yeah. And you might not necessarily get your firearm. So they didn't want that. Okay. Kolo, can you can you wrap up? We have our guests also who would like to contribute. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Yeah, so all I'm saying is that um, uh, uh, the South African Police Services is at the services of government, and government is looking to disarm people and in any way, manner, or, or, or form possible. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and would you rather be armed? As a last resort, yes. Okay, great stuff. Well, Shukran, so much for input into tonight's okay, show. Thank Shukran. you. Okay. Right. Yeah, I mean, the guy's saying, you know what? Yeah. I can go to a dealer. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. We're now in the last four minutes of the show and we are going to give our guests a chance to wrap up. Let's start with our guest on line, Advocate John Walsh, spokesperson for the South African Gun Owners Association. We need to wrap up. What are your closing comments? Yes, I think in my closing comment, I would briefly like to refer to the previous caller uh, who also mentioned about the the surrendering of a firearm to a dealer. Now, currently, that is not allowed in terms of the dealer's conditions, and that is a reason why a firearm can unfortunately not be handed in at a dealer. We We have made that point to the minister, and we indicated to the minister that it's very easy to change the conditions of the dealer's license in order to allow that, especially where a person has merely failed to renew his license in the past. We're not talking about the surrendering of firearms that are illicitly in the possession of a person that has been used for crime and so forth and so on. So we believe that under those circumstances that ought to have been allowed. But also that from Saga's side, we believe that the law should be changed in order to make provision for a period during which a person can apply for a renewal of a license, even during the 90-day period, as well as after the termination of a license. Okay, great stuff. Thank you, Advocate John Walsh, for joining us this evening on Burning Issue. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Um, Zaid, before we get your closing remarks, there's a question from listener 9421. The question is, is the old stamped license in the ID book still valid or invalid? Um, that license is valid. It's valid. Uh, cool. Yeah, let's leave it at that. Mm. Wrapping up. Closing comments, you have Great. about two minutes. <laughs> right, two minutes. Um, I just want to come back. Um, the 450,000 expired licenses has been mentioned a few times tonight. COSA has an interdict which was granted last year, 2018, in the North Gauteng High Court, preventing the South African Police Service from confiscating a firearm because the license is expired. Okay? So they cannot take your firearm because you have an expired license. We advise you to keep that license locked up, you know, that firearm locked in the safe 
go ahead and renew your competency. We do not advise you to make use of the amnesty. Okay? Oh, yeah. Right? We do not advise you to make use of the amnesty because you are not going to be renewing. You are surrendering your firearm to the state. And you have 14 days in which to apply for the license. That is not renewal. That is applying for a license. Mm-hmm. So we have the interdict, which protects expired license holders. Currently, um, SAPs have, have, have leave to appeal. They have not filed the appeal. They will be going into a condemnation hearing, hopefully sometime this year, um, so that they can get permission to file the appeal late. We also have a pending um, main application, which is to challenge the entire renewal process. That can only go forward once the uh, condemnation hearing has been heard and SAPs um, either can go ahead with the appeal or they can't go ahead with the appeal. Yeah. Look, it's, it's, it's quite a complex space, eh? Mm. The no, whole thing about gun laws and gun yeah. ownership. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It's, it's very complex. I mean, a two-hour show doesn't do justice to it. Um, we could sit here the whole night yeah. for the next week mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and still not have, you yeah. know, dug everything up. But I'm glad that this evening we at least got the different voices to talk to the police's gun amnesty process. Now, in wrapping up, can you please give us your Facebook page? Okay, go, sir. Gun Owner South Africa on Facebook. Um, go there, click on the joining questions, and any question that you may have uh, regarding firearms, you can ask there. I'm a page admin there among a few other people, but you'll find me there. Great stuff. And you can, once you're there, you can also inbox me if you Great stuff, cool. If you need Zahir, shukran so much for your time. Shukran. Yeah, shukran. shukran for enlightening us on this whole thing. And from myself, as it come out, then inshallah, enjoy the rest of your evening, and we'll be back next week with another burning issue. Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM.